all you need to do is just have a good record in these eight games. That's all you got to do, and it's a clean slate. I really think that the ninth seed, for sure, if not the eighth seed, is going to be a surprise. Welcome back to the Getting Buckets Podcast, episode 10. Welcome back, David. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been uh not been a while, it's been a week. Yeah, well just you know. It's a while for me. Yeah. Uh I want to give shout out to Matt Rallaby, our friend. He's already been on the podcast twice. At some point he'll probably replace me. But uh yeah, you guys did a great job. And uh, I I actually think that it's gonna be a bit more interesting to talk about the West than the East because there are the scrimmages. And, you know, the West and the East played, but I think all eyes were on LeBron yesterday, you know, recording this up Friday night. So I think we should just get right into the action and let's just talk about the Lakers. So we watched at least part of the scrimmage. What were some of your observations about the Los Angeles Lakers? They looked really good. Um, I do think they're going to miss Avery Bradley's defense, but I think that, you know, with Jared Smith in the lineup, he played pretty well last night. Deion Waiters looked good, too. He looked pretty good, too, but you never really know what you're going to get from him uh, night to night. LeBron James, not really much to be said about him. He's a god. He looks scary. He does. He looked a bit faster. He looked a bit leaner, too. Yeah, he did, and Anthony Davis also looked great, too. You know, are you worried about the scores of the scrimmage games at all, or do you think it's just... uh... Who cares? It doesn't really matter. No one's really trying right now. They're just trying to get warmed up. So let's say even the Nets, they lost by almost 30. That's not a red flag to you at all? No, then nobody even played, though. Like, our best players didn't even play in that game, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so I guess we'll get right into it. So we're just going to dissect every team. We already started talking about the Lakers. So the Lakers, 49-14 when the coronavirus ended everything. That was good for second-best in the NBA behind the Milwaukee Bucks, which you and Matt did a great job talking about. So a couple of uh, storylines here. We have LeBron, obviously, with his MVP caliber season. We've kind of touched upon this. Like, is it him or Giannis? It's going to be a very good question. It's going to be a very controversial decision this year. And then, of course, there's uh, Anthony Davis. 26 points per game, 3 assists, 9.5 rebounds, almost 2 steals, over 2 blocks. Is he the best player on the Los Angeles Lakers? You could make that argument. I'm not going to make it. I think it's LeBron. But you could make the argument that AD is a better player. That's why, in my opinion, I don't think LeBron is deserving of the MVP. Because on Milwaukee with Giannis, it is undisputed that he is the best player on that team. You can't even question it. And they have the best record in the NBA. Yeah, is he playing in the East? Yes. The Eastern Conference is stronger than when LeBron was there winning MVPs. Um, So, I do think Giannis will win the MVP, but we're getting a little bit sidetracked. Going back to the Lakers, there are a couple question marks about the team. Mainly Avery Bradley, like you said. But also, how well is this team going to gel? And also, one thing that worries me is, you know, we were watching the Spectrum cast because we were watching the Lakers cast. And they were talking about Dion Waiters as the solution at point guard. And I don't see it. Do you see that? No, they were out of their mind. Dion Waiters is not a playmaker. He's a shot maker. And when he gets really hot, he makes a lot of shots. But he's not going to give you any type of assists in the game at all. That's why also the loss of Rajon Rondo was a big one, too. Because, obviously, playoff Rondo, he was right. better in the playoffs. Because he was not having a great season. No, but he always, even if, if you look at his career stats of him in the regular season in the playoffs, they're literally elevated by every metric. That's true. 
That's so true. he always plays better in the playoffs, and they're going to miss that uh, in the beginning of the playoffs. He's only going to be out for four to six weeks. So I think he's probably going to miss the first round, maybe in the second round too, depending on how long he decides to stay out. But I'm very confident that the Lakers will miss him for sure. And, you know, I'm personally, I think it would be really cool for the Lakers to win it, especially, you know, Kobe Bryant passed away. I know we really have barely talked about that. Maybe we'll do an episode about that, like just kind of our thoughts because um, we were big Kobe fans. But I think that would be really awesome for Laker Nation to, you know, take a ring home in his honor, especially – you know, now more than ever, you're really going to need that Mamba mentality. And uh, I know JR will too, because he's been complaining that he didn't pack enough underwear. So, you know, JR, I hope somebody sends you some more underwear. So, you know, we've talked about the Lakers plenty, you know, past couple of episodes. I think it uh, is maybe more, I think it's probably a better idea to move to the second seed, which is the Los Angeles Clippers. Because I think the Clippers are a way more interesting team. And they've had a little bit of controversy recently. They are definitely a more interesting team, and they have a lot of wild cards that come into play with this team. So what did you notice from the scrimmage? They look scary. Um, Paul George says he's finally healthy, um, and he looked great, too. And he looked really good. You know, I think they even look scarier than the Lakers. I mean, keep in mind, the Lakers took an L to the Mavericks, and we'll cover the Mavericks in a second. But, yeah, no, the Clippers could, they definitely could be the Lakers. Anybody that says that the Clippers are incapable of beating the Lakers is crazy. Do they have somebody that could really stop AD? No, but nobody can. But Joe Kim Noah looked good, too. He did. He surprised me. He did look good, I told, and I told you that would be a significant signing when it happened. Because you'd think, you know, he's an old guy, but, you know. I told you on this podcast that that would be a big signing. And in that scrimmage, obviously it was a scrimmage, take it with a grain of salt. But he looked very good. And, you know, something that we didn't really keep in mind, but that's clearly coming into play, is, you know, these guys did have three months of relaxation. Yeah. And that benefits older players much more than younger players because younger players are going to be at their peak strength anyway. But if you give a guy like LeBron or Joakim Noah even. Or Kawhi. Kawhi. Jamal Crawford maybe. JR. You give those guys a couple months of rest before, you know, a quick couple of months in a mini tournament where, they're you know, they're not traveling. You know, they're, they're being fed the same thing as everybody else. There's really no advantages. The only advantage is really a psychological advantage. And, I mean, we can talk about the stadium layout another time, but even that, you know, what they're doing for home court is not really that impressive to me. So I, I really think this is going to be psychological more than anything. So, yeah, I was stunned. I, I mean, I hope he keeps it up because Joe Kimono, he looked awesome. Yeah. Who's going to be the X Factor for the Clippers, though? I'm curious what you think. Uh, Lou Will, he's always X Factor. If he, he comes out off the bench hitting clutch shots, making good clutch threes, making plays. That's always going to be an exception for them. And there's also uh, Montrez Harrell, who's a beast. Yeah, I'd, I would go with Montrez Harrell. I mean, keep in mind, he's almost scoring as much as Paul George. Yeah, no, he's a beast. Off the bench. Off the bench. Him and Lou Will off the bench is scary. Nobody is as deep as the Clippers in the NBA. Nobody. Right, that's true. I, I would completely agree with that. And, but, you know, we also have to keep in mind, Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris acquired yeah. recently. So, you know, it is a slightly different look team, very slightly. But, yeah, anybody who's saying that the Clippers aren't going anywhere, you know, may they have their foot in their mouth. And they said the same thing about the Raptors, and the Raptors went on a tear last year. Yeah, and the interesting thing about the Clippers, too, is that when, they had, when they've had Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Patrick Beverly on the floor, they were 24-8, and eight, which is a 66-win pace, which is scary. And their record right now was 44-20. and 20, and that's only a couple of games behind the Lakers, and their team hasn't even really been healthy the whole year. 
Right, and now they're going to even, they still have eight games to put it together too. Yeah, so this is a, a potentially a dangerous team coming out of the Western Conference. Obviously, you can't count out LeBron. You just can't. Never. Especially not now. He looks he looked awesome. Especially. It's gonna be a battle for the for that uh whoever gets out of the West for sure. But you know, I still don't think the picture's so clear cut. But before we go to cover the other teams, I just wanna mention, you know, some recent NBA news. Lou Will shout out Lou Williams, but he got caught leaving the bubble. He took out he said yeah, he's leaving for personal reasons and he got caught in a nightclub. So we like no one knows what's gonna happen. No, he's gonna have to quarantine for I think at least if it's a minimum. But the I think season gonna, starts next week. Yeah, but he's gonna. I think he's gonna have to quarantine for like eight to ten days. I think. And you know, the race to the second seed is not an easy one, and really the playoff seeding is extremely important in the West. Like the difference between who you play in the third and second seed is much more significant than the East, because it's gonna be the Nets with the Magic, you know, and then uh, so it's really six and seven you have to worry about in the East, whereas in the West, I mean, if you know. Who you're worried about for six or seven seed? It's the Mavericks versus Houston. It's not like uh, the Sixers or the Nets. Yeah, there. That's a much bigger gap in skill that you have to worry about. So I guess we should go right and talk about the Nuggets, because I personally I think that the Clippers. You know, they're definitely you should not sleep on the Clippers. It's going to be a fight. You know, I think the West is going to be way more fun to watch than the East, because I kind of agree with you guys. I think that you know Giannis is just gonna steamroll through the NBA. That's what it seems like it's going to be. But we'll see what happens in the finals. But in the West, the picture is way more interesting, especially the Nuggets, because the Nuggets have a completely new lineup in the scrimmages, and that's people think that that's what they're going to go with. Yeah, that's definitely a very interesting lineup. We'll talk about it a little bit later. So let's no, let's um, let's look at Jokic first. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about, Jokic. Jokic is skinny. He's skinny Jokic, yeah, but at the beginning of the season, he was fat. He was, and he was also destroying my fantasy team, too. Yeah, and he, he got off to a slow start because of that, too. But he started getting back into shape, and he ended up averaging so far for the year 20.2 points per game, 10.2 rebounds, and almost 7 assists, which is great. And he's a he's, beast on the other end of the floor, too. He's deba- he's debatably the best center in the NBA. I would say he's the best center him in the or, NBA. You could him or Joel Embiid. I'll tell you why it's him, though. Because he's a much better passer. I would agree, but Joel Embiid's a beast too, but that's a topic for another time. But Joel Embiid also has Ben Simmons. So, for me, you're looking at a guy who, you know, Jokic, is, he's really an artist, the way he plays. is I find it extremely beautiful, and now they're playing with this super long lineup that basically they can get the ball from wherever he facilitates. They can basically score from anywhere. And yeah. if they can't score from outside, you have Ball Ball, who can literally just reach over you and score over you. I think that you. he's already the the greatest passing big man of all time. I mean, yeah, I mean he, he's it, crazy. He was probably like Arvidas Savonis before. Yeah, no, but, he's crazy. And, you know, you can say what you want about Jamal Murray. People thought he got overpaid. But he's averaging 19, 19 four, four and rebounds, and five assists. Yeah. It's pretty great. Um, that's a really good borderline all-star year for him. If he's playing the East, he'd probably be an all-star with this yeah. record. If the Nuggets were an Eastern Conference team, he absolutely would be. Yeah, so he's been playing really well this year, too. Um, you can't count him out. But it was interesting about Denver, they got two wild cards. One, they got Michael Porter Jr., the rookie. that, that Not a rookie. He was a rookie last year, but he was injured the whole year. And he was considered to be the number one overall pick before he got hurt. Yeah. Everybody he's very talented. And even when he plays now in the NBA, uh, currently... He always plays well. He's really talented. Um, I think he's actually even healthier now. So we have to wait and see. It's very interesting. 
And then, of course, Bulb Bulb. His first scrimmage, very limited time. Keep in mind, he was in the second round. He was the story of the NBA draft, basically, that he fell, despite all the hype that he had around him. And Well, he had injury history, too. Right, but they unleashed him. This is basically the... You know, what's interesting to me is I see the philosophies that people are going for, and there's a lot of experimentation. I think partially because teams are so rejuvenated and they have different lineups, but there's a lot of experimentation going on in the bubble right now. And to unleash a monster like Bull Bull, who basically nobody can game plan for him right now. But the problem is that it was a scrimmage. And, you know, the Wizards really weren't playing. Yes, they were playing the Washington Wizards, fine. Nonetheless, nonetheless, you know, you say what you want. I think that the fact that they have such a question mark, not not in a bad way, that they, they have such an enigma on offense and defense, just, you know, ready to go that they, they clearly are vibing with because it seems like he is going to be the starter, at least for now. And, you know, you say what you want. This is a guy who he basically barely played throughout the season. And, he didn't play. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, he didn't play at all, actually. No, he was in the G League, I think. Yeah, but that, that's what I meant. But now to unleash him on the NBA, basically, they gave him some training. Now he's coming with all the, especially with a chip on his shoulder. I think the Nuggets could be extremely scary. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely a good and there's someone who can actually match up with Anthony Davis. Uh, no, not really. Jokic isn't that good of a defender. I don't I don't think that. Um, nobody can guard AD. Let's just be I honest. would say the Jazz are basically the only team that can keep AD with Gobert. But you know, I they're think f- that we'll get onto them in a little bit. But they're yeah. They're there's a, a question mark with me, uh, there. There's a question mark with Gobert too. What's the chemistry going to look like with him? Yeah. So I guess we'll just talk about the Jazz because the Jazz, you know, forty-one and twenty-three, Mitchell and Gobert, two All Stars. They added Mike Connolly, who's terrible, but been pretty been trash this year. So let's yeah. say what it is. But who knows? Bad. Again, who knows? He's still Mike Connolly. He's been really bad this year, though. I mean, maybe this change of scenery, playing in Orlando, will be beneficial for him. But when he was in Utah, he was really bad, really bad. Yeah, I and I kind of agree with you. I don't find them to be a very interesting team. I think that you know the coronavirus kind of. Uh, has sullied their whatever mechanic they had because it seems like uh, there's a rift between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I just don't know how you can expect to win games if there's going to be that kind of issue where, uh, you know, well, maybe now that there's already it's become such a robust virus, maybe if, if Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, if they were, like, the only ones to get it, I'd see that he's angry. But the fact That's that so many people have gotten it. But it's a shame, too, because Rudy Gobert is really having a great year. Oh, absolutely, and and Donovan Mitchell too. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell. Man. He took a step forward, and, and you know they also they acquired Jordan Clarkson from the Cavs, and uh, you know he's been a, definitely been a boost, sixteen points per game for them. So, yeah, but I don't know what to think about the Utah Jazz. What I think is more interesting is you know whether they're going to make it as the fourth or fifth seed. I but I I think that they're probably going to lose to OKC. In the first round, well, especially no matter where the if they're the fourth or the fifth, I think OKC will easily beat them. Well, because to me, the Oklahoma City Thunder are incredibly underrated, very and dangerous. We really slept on them because we, we talked about dark horse candidates, and you know, I I completely forgot that they existed because they have no Kevin Durant. They lost Russell Westbrook, so all the big stars I forgot about. Everybody thought they'd be a lottery team. Everybody thought that Chris Paul was you know he's done. And what do we see from Chris Paul? He's still an all-star. He does what he always does. Seventeen, balls. five, and seven. And what kind of guys do they have around them? You know, they don't have anyone else on that team. Is no all-stars. But what they have instead, they have guys like Gallinari, Shake Alexander. Ooh, I honestly thought was playing better than Chris Paul this year. 
But yeah, it's average almost twenty points per game. Yeah, no, he's played really well. But also, they got guys too. like Stephen Adams too. Stephen Adams plays great. They got Dennis Schroeder off the bench. That's right, and that's lethal too yeah. to have a combo like that. Andre Robertson is healthy now. And yeah, it's the first time we're seeing him in over a year. Yeah, over two years, I think. Uh, yeah, 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 wow, two and a half years. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, well, yeah, because last, last time he was there was when Westbrook was there. I still was still there. Yeah, and I th- I th- I actually think you're right because when they played in Mexico City, when the Nets played in Mexico City, I think he wasn't even playing. No, he wasn't playing. And that was last March. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow, that's been insane. a long time. Yeah, no, but the Th- Thunder are definitely a dangerous team. Not a team that I think can go to the finals though. But I don't think dangerous. I don't think any team, at least on paper, can beat the Los Angeles Lakers. However. I think the Clippers could be the yeah, yeah well, obviously. Well, yes. What I mean is, like, I don't think there's going to be any upset. Sorry, I meant to clarify. I don't think that there's going to be any upset with for, like, a sixth seed or a, a fifth seed making it all the way on paper. However... But this is why I think it's possible, though. Because the biggest crux against uh, young teams when they... Or, like, those teams in sixth, seventh, or eighth seed is that they're not as good on the road. There is they're no not, road. There though. is no road now, though. So they do not have to put up with that um, opposing fan pressure and stuff like that. So I think that um, really those younger teams could actually beat those top-seeded teams now because they don't have to have that other stuff in the back of their head now. They're all just playing in a neutral side right now. Yep. So really anything is possible. Definitely anything is possible. And I also think that you know we also, we've been watching the MLS, and you see the exact same mechanic there too, where because there are no fans... There are all sorts of upsets that go on all the time. All sorts of last-minute game. It's completely hectic. There's, you know, I always kind of thought that what, what does a fan support matter? Maybe it's because when we were in high school basketball, we had no fans. So maybe I just thought, oh, what's the big deal? It'd be a bit stronger. But that's clearly a psychological thing I just it never is. understood. It puts a lot of pressure on the players to perform. It's huge. Yeah, a lot. It's huge. And also, I, I also just think that the, the uncertainty and all the experimentation that's going on, that and that's like not even talking about the experimentation that's going on on the logistical side, you know, with all the Jersey stuff and the Black Lives Matter stuff. I'm just talking about the game planning is so strange. Some of these plans that teams are coming up with that, you know, there's just going to be a lot of uncertainty. I'm expecting a lot of upsets. And in general, you know, before we move on to like the Rockets, to talk about the Rockets, I just think it's really awesome that, you know, we even get to talk about basketball. And the fact we actually got to watch a basketball game. Yeah, it was scrimmage, but it's surreal. It was so great to watch. It's just crazy that it's in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, it's gotten so much worse. Like, when we were talking about it at the start, when we started this podcast, we were thinking that this thing would be over by now. Yeah. Or that it would be safe. And now Florida is just being destroyed by the coronavirus and it's still happening. But some good news is that over the past week, nobody tested positive. Yeah. Which is amazing news. It's really, really good. So, you know, it just proves, you know, if you're diligent and safe. You're just not going to experience any spread of coronavirus. Well, we'll see. Fingers crossed. We'll, fingers, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I have uh, no but faith so, in America so right fa- now. So far, yeah, it's been going well. And on that note, we're talking about having faith. Let's talk about the Houston Rockets because uh, they are actually. I have no faith in the Houston Rockets at all. I I think that you know with Harden and Westbrook there. They are also a, a dark horse team, in my opinion. They're always going to be a dark horse team in that sense. Fine, but keep in mind, both these guys just had the coronavirus. Okay. Well, I think Harden wasn't wasn't confirmed to have it, but Westbrook was. Whatever, you know. That's no, that's a, that's a question mark. It is. They don't even have a big man. They don't. 
And, uh, you know, it's not, you know, they were used to run the small ball, but there are actually a couple of teams that are running small ball. I think the Nets are going to run small ball too. Yeah. So it's not even like it's going to be this hard to figure out. And, and the, the Rockets got figured out before yeah. the break. They They've, got figured out hard. They lost six in a row before. You know? yep. And, you know, they also have a 14-24 record like the Thunder, but the Thunder are trending upwards and the Houston Rockets They're are trending, trending down, very much trending down. Because I think before, actually like a couple weeks before the, the season got paused, I think the Thunder were actually in the seventh seed. So and they jumped all the way up to fifth because the Rockets kept on losing. So, um, it, on one hand, the Rockets—they're one of the more guard-heavy teams. Like you look at the Lakers and the Clippers, for example, they're not very guard-heavy. So they're always going to be a mismatch in that sense. I mean, Harden is a walking mismatch just because of his ability to score everywhere. But really, you know, the Clippers may be able to match up with Harden. But I think you know after they got rid of Capella, Westbrook actually had the most points in the paint in the whole NBA. Yeah, it which makes sense because that's how he plays. Yeah, but the, the, the lane is completely cleared. and no, You can't guard him. He's too fast. He's too athletic. He's just going to dunk it on your head. Right, but, you know, on the other hand, teams still found a way to figure them out strategically. So, you know, again, maybe maybe they needed this rejuvenation. I'm more worried about what are they going to look like now they actually just are coming back from being sick. What are they going to look like now? And especially because they are careening. But who knows? Maybe actually matching up against a team like the Lakers and Clippers over a team like the... Jazz or the Nuggets might actually benefit them. Yeah, but you know, also a three a three month, four month break is could be could have been very beneficial to them too. So. Absolutely. So and there are eight games, and clearly, you know, in the bottom of the West, eight games is a lot. The Lakers, I think, are pretty safe, but basically from like the third seed until the eighth seed, you know, eight games is a is a big difference. Well, maybe not the eighth seed. The eighth seed clearly, like the Grizzlies are very far away from the Mavericks. So there's unless the Grizzlies go like 8 and 0 and the Mavericks lose every game. No, the, the Mavericks haven't haven't technically clinched the playoffs, but they pretty much yeah, clinched. Yeah, and it. they're I mean, pretty they much a 7th seed too. They have to win a very few amount right. of games to clinch. So And let's talk about the Mavericks because we watched them play the Lakers. They, they actually won. They won. Yeah. Luka looked amazing. Kristaps looked amazing. And something that I noticed, well you pointed out actually, you know, the Mavericks are a deep team, too. Yeah, they are. You know, Tomorrow, Way Jr. is right. really well, Well, too. you know, we can talk about the Clippers. They have, like, the best bench for sure. You know, I mean, they're probably the deepest team. But the Mavericks probably have, the like, the most, like, I don't know really how to put this, but, like, every guy on their team is, like, an NBA-level player, at least. No, they got some good players. You know, Seth Curry is also play, playing really Seth well. Seth Curry, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleber is really good. Dwight Powell, before he got hurt, was really good. They have Dorian Finney-Smith. Right. JJ Barea, I don't know. I was going to mention JJ Barea, you know, nine years after daddying LeBron, still, still rocking it. pretty hard off yeah. the bench. He looked good, too. Everybody looked good. Maybe it's just the, the joy of seeing the NBA back, but, you know, I, well, that's also not true because we watched the Nets and I was very disappointed by what I saw, but everybody in the West looked really good. And I think on the West, people know what's at stake. And I think in the West, there's more of a, there's more of a fight. I really don't think that. The East, unless there's some upsets, but I really think that right now it's it's like Giannis is to lose basically. Yeah, no, I agree. There's such a gap between him and the rest, like even between one and two, there's just this phenomenal gap between the Bucks and everybody else. I think the, the Celtics have a chance to beat the Bucks. But... No, yeah, the Celtics probably have the closest chance, and I know you guys talk about this a little bit, but I still think that the, there's there's just a huge gap in in power. But let's talk a bit more about uh, about Luca because that's another team that that you know could create some mismatch nightmares. Yeah, he's a beast. 
you can imagine. I mean, if you can imagine that if the Lakers slip to the second seed, the Lakers against the Mavericks, that might be a tough matchup for the Lakers. Yeah, but Luca's averaging what? 29. 29, 9, and 9 in his second year. That's disgusting. That it's is crazy. crazy. It's just insane. It's crazy. And Chris Saps is looking good too. Yeah. Knicks fans are crying because yes, they are. basically their, their happiness was on the fact that Chris Saps is playing badly and that's not even true anymore. No, he's, he's, he's looking really good. He's great. So yeah, that's basically the top seven. The top seven they can actually they can change very rapidly because there's basically between the Lakers and the Mavericks, there's like nine games or something like that. Yeah. So there's there's still a ton of fluctuation between there. I think the Lakers are gonna stay near the top, but really a lot can change in that picture, and that's something we completely overlooked. But there's there's nine games between one and seven, and then there's the eighth seed, and you know we've talked about this fight before, but there's basically I think five teams fighting it out. We got the Grizzlies first. They're the team to beat. They have a bit of a lead. But again, there's eight games. Anything it's, can it's happen. It's a very small lead, though. The Blazers are on their tail. Blazers are on their tail. They're three games behind. We have the Pelicans a win away from there, tied with the Kings. Then we have the Spurs a half of a game behind. And then the Phoenix Suns, who basically it's a mathematical improbability that they make it. You know, you got to be, be fair. But very, we'll talk about very, this. very unlikely. <laughs> Why they're there, Lord knows. That would be the Cinderella story of Cinderella stories if they made it to the eighth seed. Uh, but we'll see. So I guess we'll just go right into it. We'll talk about the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, they're our favorite team in the West, I think. We talk about them a lot. We love yeah. John Morant. Yeah. We love Jaron Jackson Jr. They got some good players. They got Valanciunas. I was a big Jay Crowder fan before they got it, but now they have Justice Winslow. Although Winslow, I think, is out now. Is he? Yeah. And he's, you know, he's interesting because he can play point guard. He can play power forward. Yeah, he's a good player. So, you know, he's he's just a guy. And, you know, that's a huge loss. They, they traded two guys away from him midseason. Yeah, but Iguodala wasn't really playing. So. That's true. But even still, you know, they basically, that's a that's a huge loss for them. So we don't even get to see him debut because he got hurt in practice. Yeah. So they are the team to beat. We've talked about them so much that I don't want to really, you know, dwell on it too much longer. But, you know, they do have the who I think is going to be the rookie of the year. I think it's a guarantee because the NBA came out and said that these eight games will not affect any of the awards. I think those already locked. So so they've already decided then. Yeah, I think I, the, I think the votes are coming in right now. So I think that uh, Zion cannot win rookie There's of the no year. Way. He's played too few games. And that's interesting because these eight games, he could have made a case. But, you know. I, I, not not to me. If they made the playoffs? If he made it, possibly. But he would have only played like 30-something 30, games. Like, I don't I don't know. John Morant, um, to me, is the rookie of the year. He's played really well all year. I agree. So, he definitely looks like a generational talent for he's sure. He's made a bunch of point guards in the league look silly. Yep. He's, he's, like, you know, outplayed them as a rookie. Yeah. Crazy. I haven't seen that in a really long time. Jaron Jackson Jr. too is well, Luca really good too. Aside from Luca, I can't think of a guy who I just watched like straight up as a rookie, like just completely outplay and like outclass like an elite player. Yeah, I know he's been crazy good. There's been very, you know, there've been a lot of there's been a lot of really good talent coming out of the draft as the first overall pick. Like even AD did not make this kind of splash that not as John rookie. Not, yeah, not yeah. as rookie year. And he's you know we all know how good he is. I'm not saying that other guys have, haven't gone on to be that good, but you know, I, I I still think about that Grizzlies game, that first Grizzlies game against the Nets this year, where John Morant basically took Kyrie and blocked him. Yeah, outplayed him. That's that was just awesome. 
So yeah, I, I love the Grizzlies. It'd be really awesome to see them stay. But they do have the Blazers on their tail. Yeah, we're only three games behind, so and that's not that much. No, and they're in position. They're actually, if the season ended without them playing any games, they'd be in position of the play-in. So once again, in a play-in, if the Blazers have to win two games and the Grizzlies have to take one, are you really going to count out Damian Lillard? Absolutely not. Exactly. And the Portland Trailblazers got Yusuf Nurkic back and Zach Collins. But Nurkic is a beast. You know, I really think if they had Nurkic, I think they would have beat the Warriors. They're they're. He's That's my hot take, and I I know a lot of people disagree with me, but he you know the fact that they were basically every game they played against the Warriors in the playoffs they, they were, were in the leading in the fourth quarter uh, yeah in the fourth quarter you know if they had a guy like Nurkic it would have made all the difference as far Possible. as I'm concerned well Nurkic is, he's a beast the Bosnian beast yeah he's and he's beast. back and Zach Collins is back too and Hassan Whiteside hasn't been playing terrible this year either. So. And you can't count out Mello, skinny Mello now. Skinny I might Mello, add. he lost a lot of weight, and he's playing a pretty good year, shooting 37% from three. Is he going to be as good as Olympic Mello or Hoodie Mello? I don't know. Probably but, not. But, you know, if he is a level above Mello, that's going to be huge for them. He is one of the greatest players ever, so. Uh, yeah. Top and, 50 for sure. You know, I would I would love to see the Blazers go for like some Cinderella story to win the chip. That would be really awesome. That would be sick. To see to see, you know, Grizzly from from the bottom of the playoffs, you know, make it to the eighth seed or fight for that eighth seed in a play in or whatever they end up doing. But it's not gonna be that easy because they do need to at least have a better record than the Pelicans who are also trending upwards. So no, they are too, yeah. They're right they're the right Pelicans. behind them. They're 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 half a game behind. Yeah. You know, they have Zion, who played amazing. Twenty four, six and two. Yeah, he did leave the bubble, but he plans to rejoin his teammates. Right. So you know they do need to hold it down, but you know Brandon, Brandon Ingram, Ingram is awesome, a beast. Lonzo. Lonzo also know, played. I've never been a big Lonzo fan, but you know he is kind of looking like that Jason Kidd style player, a guy who can, you know, hit a three here yeah, and there. Also, before the break too, he was having several games of him getting you know. He 20, had some great games. Yeah, no, that's true. Eight, that's very true. That's true. Seven. Yeah, he was making. Like he was <clears> trending <throat> upwards too. He, he's. No. I think. I think you're right. I he do started think to he figure started, out too. Yep. Remember when he first came into the NBA, his three point shot was a joke, and he's shooting over thirty eight percent now. Yeah, it's respectable. It's really good. You know the other things he played for the Lakers, and you say what you want about the Lakers, but their development staff probably after the Knicks is like the worst in the league. It's terrible. They yeah. haven't. They really have not been able to develop a single talent. I mean, Brandon Caruso. Too. Caruso looks as like he's developing pretty well. Though. Right, but even but Caruso is like a, he's a Swiss Army knife of a player. He's not a star. You know, all the yeah. guys they've had that come into stars. You know, they basically they whiffed on D'Angelo Russell. They whiffed on Brandon Ingram. They whiffed on Julius Randle. They whiffed on Lonzo Ball, and that's like four years in a row that they just like didn't get it right with guys who. You know, they leave the Lakers. Well, I don't know about Randall, but the guys, they leave and they become much better players than they were there. So, you know, that may not even be a slight on Lonzo. It's cool to see him put it together. And especially if it has a nice core of him, Ingram, and Zion. Are you joking? That's crazy good, yeah. Are you joking? Yep. Jackson Hayes, too. Jackson Hayes. They got um, J.J. Redick, spot-up shooter, really yeah, great. Yeah, J.J. Redick. I'm a huge J.J. Redick fan. Really he also has, good. like, the best basketball podcast. yeah. One of the only ones I think are like oh, worth no. listening to after hours. Of after course. hours, of course. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, a great podcast for sure. And they're tied with the Kings. Yeah. I don't think there's as strong of a case for the Kings. No, but hey, look, it's, it's possible. You never know. It's possible. They have a lot of faith in themselves. De'Aaron Fox said, "Don't count them out." And listen, all they need to do is make the ninth seed, and you know they're basically tied for the ninth seed right now. All they got to do is just get in the position. Four games. That's all they got to do. 
you know, we spent a lot of time of the podcast in the earlier episodes kind of saying it doesn't matter, but you know, it is very easy. All you need to do is just have a good record in these eight games. That's all you got to do. And it's a clean slate. Uh, you can do a lot of experimenting. I really think that the ninth seed, for sure, if not the eighth seed, is going to be a surprise. Well, the thing is, you know, the Blazers actually have a really tough schedule. The Pelicans have a really, really easy, easy schedule. schedule. And all they need is the ninth. We talked about they, the eighth. Yeah, all, all they, they need is the ninth. They don't even need to catch the Grizzlies. All they have to be is within four games. They just got to play better than the Kings, the Spurs, and the Suns. And based on their schedule, that's very likely. Well, the ease of the schedule is determined by these three teams, too, keep in mind. Yeah. Because nobody, listen, nobody's taking the Spurs seriously. Well, nobody's nobody. taking the Suns seriously. We didn't take the Kings seriously. So basically, it starts at the 10th seed. I mean, is that fair? Maybe not. Let's do a little deep dive into the Sacramento Kings. Who do they have? They got Buddy Hills. They got Darren Fox. They got, who? they got that Bogdanovich guy. Bielitsa. Bielitsa. But, you know, they, they, they're clearly not as stacked as the other teams. They are no. still the 10th seed. And Darren Fox is great, but he's they're not going to make the playoffs. And, you know, the, the Spurs, too. The Spurs, they have DeMar DeRozan. LaMarcus Aldridge is out. So it's just DeRozan and guys like DeJounte Murray. Yeah. Lonnie White, Walker. Lonnie Walker. A U Miami alum. Go Canes. Shout out Canes. I, I didn't go to Miami. I don't go to Miami, but I love Miami. So, you know, they, they have a nice team, but, you know, this is looking like the twilight year for Greg Popovich. Yeah, but at the, the same time. All where he's going to go. N- you can't really count out a team that's coached by Pop out. You can't count him out. Even though it's very unlikely, he's too great of a coach to count him out. You know, they made the playoffs 22 years Yucca in a row. Yucca as well, they have him. 22 years in a Yucca row. Yucca is super underrated. Yep. I love watching him play. Again, I'll say it again. They've made the playoffs 22 years in a row. I mean, listen, they, they're really not that far from the ninth seed. All they need is, like, a couple of wins more. Yeah. Ken again, DeRozan, it's going to be all in DeRozan. Can DeRozan be, like, a 30-point-per-game scorer? Can he just outclass for a few more games, just, you know, make maximize his mid-range and, and just, you know, just get them... To the net, get the, getting to the ninth seed. Well, the the three point shooting is not going to be there, but his game actually has expanded while he's been in San Antonio. He's become a better. Um, he's averaging more assists and more uh, rebounds per game than he was in Toronto. So he's become a more well rounded player. I think he's had to too because he's also getting older. Yeah, and they do have a core growing. I mean, you know, there's a lot of speculation over what Greg Popovich is going to do, and you know, you know, maybe that's what they need to keep him. Maybe they need enough just to to make it. You can, like you said, you can never count out Greg Popovich. Although, if you do count him out, maybe he goes to the Brooklyn Nets. No, that would be great. <laughs> that would, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, that would be sick. And then finally, the last team, which uh, I don't even know how worth it is to discuss, but there is the Phoenix Suns. Look, Devin Booker is a great player. DeAndre Ayner is a good player. Ricky Rubio is a good starting point guard. Kelly Oubre is also pretty good. But besides that, what do you have on this team? Nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. The wasteland. You got nothing. I mean, you got, like, the Suns are coming to play eight games to collect the check, guys. And then they're going home. You know, is that all they're playing for, to play for a check? Is there any dignity to play for? Is there anything that they, you know, can they just enjoy Disney World? They can't even they can't even go to Disney World. It's open. Yeah, but they can't go. Lou Will can clearly. He can leave. Well, he might get disappointed for that. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. I don't remember. Did you talk about the Postmates thing? 
Oh, with Rashawn uh, Holmes. What a. <laughs> That's so funny, man. Leave, yeah, he left the line. Not the line, whatever, though. It's Kelly Oubre. He did it, by the way. Yeah, they both That's did so it funny. to pick up some Postmates because the food, it doesn't look that bad on pictures. No, they're complaining. They're being divas. Yeah. Whining. It doesn't look that. It looks like, it looks like airplane. I, I, I I'd eat it. I would eat it, too. I don't know fucking complaining. Yeah, I would definitely eat it. So, you know, NBA players are going to complain. Yeah, but, you know, the season is the season's going to start in a week, you know. Less than a week. Days, what, Six July days, 30? July 30th. So it's it's coming, and I'm pretty excited. It's gonna be great. So just to end the episode, what are the teams? You know, now that we've looked at the East and the West, who are the teams that you're gonna be looking at that you're really interested in? What the storylines that you're interested in? Just in brief. Uh, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, the Celtics, uh, even you know the Nets because they're our team, obviously. I think that I have a lot of... Watching it, that first scrimmage with the Nets just made me lose so much Yeah, it was, pretty, it was pretty bad. But at the same time... It's just a scrimmage. We, we, and we didn't even play like our best players. They didn't play. Whoever, you know, Joe Harris and Jamal Crawford, take mm-hmm. that as you will, but you know, the Nets are going to have trouble scoring. They're going to have a lot of trouble scoring. It's going to just be all on Karis Levert. And I think that's true with, with a lot of the bottom teams that are really going to rely on their who's going to be their guy. Yeah. They need that leader. You know, like the Pelicans. Who's going to emerge as that leader? Is it, we all expect it to be Zion, right? But who knows? Maybe it's Lonzo. Maybe it's Brandon Ingram. Some, but they, they need to have somebody take control. Be that 30-point-per-game score that yeah. can actually get you to win games. Because the only way you're getting out of the bottom, or the only way you secure your spot so from the bottom, balling out. is by exactly by balling out. The, the, you know, because the difference between the San Antonio Spurs... And the Trailblazers is like two games. Yeah, they no, yeah, no, they got a chance. There's a, clearly a difference between the Blazers, who you know they got Yusuf Nurkic back. You know they they really are like they're they're basically the same team as last year with Carmelo Anthony and you know some other guys. And I saw Whiteside. Yeah, and Whiteside. Yes, I was gonna say. But they're they're scary all of a sudden. Like they're scary. Like they, they you know on paper they should be just as good as like the Rockets or the Mavericks. Yeah, so, no, definitely, and also that. Again, you were just talking about it, but that storyline that's really interesting is going to be that race for the A seed who's going to make the playoffs in the West. Like, I want to be paying attention to that. Like, we're going to see, can Zion do this? Can he, is he that guy? And keep in mind, you know, with so much uncertainty, it may actually benefit you to have those extra games to play. You just have extra, hopefully you have no injuries, but you get potentially two or three extra games just to have some momentum, whereas the Lakers are just going to be relaxing. They yeah. have to wait. And we've seen this before in these kinds of tournaments. You know, it happens all the time in the NFL where the team that comes out of the wild card, they go and they, they pull off upsets. It happens all the time, yep. you know. Or it happens even in the NHL. It happens a lot where the, the teams that that go in the seven-game series versus the top seeded, like when the Lightning, you know, they, they sweep in the first round. Then they match up against a, a hardened, like, bottom seed or a seventh seed that goes hard in the, you know, in the upset. Then they get smoked. We see this happen all the time. Is that going to happen with the NBA? It's possible. Who knows? There's so much uncertainty. And I mean, I mean, again, like I just bring up the MLS. Like, it's been crazy to watch. So many upsets. All the good teams are playing badly. All the bad teams are playing good. There's just so much craziness in this MLS's back tournament that I just don't see why that the same thing wouldn't have happened in the NBA. So I know me personally, I'm going to be looking at the Sixers. I'm really interested to see are oh, they yeah, going to put it together. Yeah. I'm really interested to see are the Bucks going to be the chosen ones because we've been waiting for the bucks to be in the finals for like 50 years at this point 
Like, are they going to go back? This is this is their window. This is this is their best time because who knows what Giannis is going to do after next year. This is like their best chance. Who knows what the team's going to look like next year? This if is, they make the finals, I think he'll stay for sure. But that but again, I think his finals are bust for the Bucks though. For in terms of Giannis, right? Absolutely, because why he could just go to L.A. or Miami or the in Warriors, Golden State. You know, he, he he. We've seen stars. You know, already they 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 want to check. They want to win rings. They don't have such big egos like twenty years ago. You know, they they really are having this soccer star mentality. It's like how many stars can we put together to just win? Because that's all it's about at the end of the day. It's about winning. Do you want to win with good players? Do you want to win with great players? You know, Giannis is around players. a lot of good players. Good players. If he goes to the Lakers, he'll be around some great, great players. players. I don't think that will be crazy. I'm not saying he will. Don't go to the Lakers. <laughs> I'm not saying he's going to go to the Lakers or the Heat. You that know, would just be not fair. I'm not saying anything. All I'm saying is, you know, we, Kevin Durant, when he pulled what he did, like that just kind of revealed that there's kind of the soccer star mentality is very much alive in the NBA. And we're back in the age with the duo. There isn't, isn't really a trio anymore. You know, there's a, trios of good players, but... At no the expense trio. of like no depth at all. No, no trios of world leaders for right, sure. Right, exactly. There's no, there's no Golden State, and I don't know when that'll happen again. I think it will happen again, but it's for another time. So yeah, th- th- those are the teams that I'm looking at, and then obviously I'm rooting for the Blazers. I really hope they can stick with the ninth seed. You know, they are strong, but how strong? I guess we'll find out because there's no chance for them to like make it to like the seventh seed. And or it would, it would be cool, even though I think they would lose in the first round. It would be cool to see the Grizzlies make the playoffs. Yeah. It would. I mean, this is the competition to play the Lakers. That's what we're assuming. You know, maybe the Lakers drop and becomes the Clippers, but unlikely. But... Unlikely. But who knows? Yeah. No. Anything. Six possible. days. So we'll be back in six days. We'll talk about the first night of NBA action, probably, or whatever else is going on. We're gonna react to that for sure. So hope you guys are all staying safe. And we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter. Almost at 500 followers on Twitter. At GetBucketPod. Ethan, sign us off. Peace out, guys.